Well, good morning, church. It's me a blessing to bring the Word of God. For those who don't know me, my name is Aaron Loachamin. I'm the Associate Pastor of Music and Young Adults here at the church. And it's a blessing, again, like I said, to bring the Word of God. Today we're going to be talking about, uh, from the book of Genesis, chapter 28. Oh, sorry, I thought I hear some music in my ear. but uh, Chapter 28, verse 1 to 22. And the title message of... T- today is uh, every sunset is an opportunity to reset. Can you say that after me? Every sunset is an opportunity to reset. So let's uh, stand together as we read the Word of God from the verse 13 to 15. It says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread above the west to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, God, with a humble heart. We pray that you speak to us, God, and thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Maybe seated. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you going through a sunset experience in your life? Maybe you have a great expectation in life, but you're now, it seems like your dreams are shattered and you are far away from the promise. And you are seeing the end of the day, but you don't have an answer. But I'm here to tell you that in your darkest night, God is still there. God is able to turn things around. Every sunset is an opportunity to reset. So let's turn our Bibles in Genesis 28. Here we can see that Jacob's deceivingly got the birthright from Isaac, from which his elder brother Esau is angry with him. Last week, Pastor Randall was preaching about from Abraham and Isaac, but today we're talking about from Isaac's son, Jacob. And we all know the story, you know, he and his mom, they plan like a, a, a plan to, to, to steal, you know, Esau's birthright, and now he's running away from his life because his older brother is like, I'm going to kill you because you st- stole something that belongs to me. So soon he's leaving home, running for his life. He left home so quickly, so he wasn't able to, to say goodbye to his mom and or having like a beautiful send off he wanted. So Jacob is in a long journey, 800 kilometers from Beersheba to Haran. It was a journey backwards in time from Jacob, backwards because he was retracting the steps of his grandfather, Abraham, who came from Abraham to Haram to the Promised Land many years ago. And Abraham left behind a settlement of people in, in Aram and in Haram. So it was natural for his mother, Rebecca, so thought that Abraham was a safe place for Jacob. So it was far enough because Isa wouldn't follow him. 
So, and also, she thought, there's family there, so he's going to be safe. And so that way, she thought that Jacob he was not going to be alone in Haran. So Rebecca's plans was very simple. She sent him to a safe place for a few months until his brother Esau, anger, passed away. And then she should just go and call uh, Jacob to come home. But in the meantime, she hoped that her son would marry one of her relatives in Haran, and eventually he will return home. As a matter of fact, it was a good plan. And, if, and in fact, it happened, but not exactly as Rebecca envisioned it. So on the road to Haran, Jacob was quickly to run from his circumstance. But he never knew that in his journey will be stopped. He had, he's going to have like an encounter with the Lord. In the verse 11 from chapter 28, he says, And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Remember, no one can run from God. Today, if you are sitting here with the sun setting down on you, you have nowhere to go. You see no light for the future. Let me remind you that God has a plan for you. Now in the evening, on the sun sinks over the western horizon, Jacob stops for the night. He's to come to the outskirts of the city called Luz, a place unknown for him. Jacob was filled with fear. Jacob made his bed in the, in, in, in the darkness, and Jacob set his head upon a stone. He used a stone as a pillow. I imagine that night, I don't know how comfortable it is to sleep on the floor with a stone with a pill, but I think that Jacob was having a hard time sleeping that night. He probably was thinking a lot of thoughts in his mind, like, uh, what if I did? He probably thought that he left behind an angry, an aging father who, who he just betrayed. He thought a shameful deceit. He remembered waving and goodbye to his mom, and he was just very, very sad that day. But as the stars came out, and the strange sounds of the night filled his ears, Jacob realized that for the very first time in his life, he was truly alone. He was homeless, penniless, helpless. He was alone. Jacob got what he wanted that night, but he could reflect on the terrible price he paid for for the thing he wanted so much. So he, was, he couldn't sleep well that night, but he fell asleep, and he had one of the most famous dreams in history. It's in verse 12 to 13. He said, And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up, to the earth, set up on the earth, and the top of it, it reached to the heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. The point of today is these stairs of ladders to heaven. In this dream, Jacob saw a ladder descending from heaven to earth. Jacob see these ladders resting on the earth right where he, he happened to be. On the ladder, Jacob saw angels of God up and down the stairs. God had never spoke to Jacob before. God spoke to his grandfather, 
God spoke to his father, Isaac, who heard about God from his grandfather. He was born in a, in a I would say like he was born in a, in a Christian family. You know, he, he, he knew about the word. He was raising his faith and believed their faith. But he had never had a personal relationship with God, a personal experience with God. The amazing point is that God now speaks to Jacob at the moment of his desperation. Now that he's running from his life, now that he's leaving the promised land, now that he has disgraced himself, now that he finally reached the bottom, God speaks to Jacob. See, Louis said, God whispered to us in our pleasure and shouts to us in our pain. Pain, he said, is God's megaphone to wake up a sleeping world. Now God moves to awake Jacob when he's sleeping. Not many people in the Bible saw angels. Jacob is one of those few lucky ones. But what are the angels are doing? They are taking messages from the earth to heaven and from the heaven to earth. They are heavenly angels uh, to report God's concerning situation of the earth, on the earth. They also carry out God's will, answering prayers, giving guidance, providing protection, fighting for the people of God, defending us from the attack of the enemy. So today, God's angels, let me tell you something, that they are also in this place with us. And at the top of the ladder, God stood himself. Just think about this. Jacob's at the bottom, sleeping on the floor, and God at the top, and there is a ladder filled with angels in between. Listen, there was a reason why Jacob was a cheater. He cheated because he thought God was far away from him. He thought of God in heaven having nothing to do with men's, with, with his l- l- life. To Jacob, was, God was too big for, to even be concerned about someone like him. Jacob viewed God as a great God, but he, he saw him so far away from the earth, so he had, that God didn't have no, no time for the details of human life. We all have feel sometimes, don't we? And we all have think, I know God loves me, but in this big world, how can God have time to care about me? That's how Jacob lived for all these years. He cheated because he thought God either didn't notice or didn't care of him. This is why Jacob took uh, Jacob consistently took matters into his own hands. But let me tell you something, that Jacob was wrong. So look at the message in the verse 15. He says, Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. God is telling Jacob, Jacob, I'm nearer to you than you think I am. Although I am in heaven and you're on earth, there is a ladder that reaches from me to you. And my, my angels are constantly watching over you. 
When you travel, my ladder travels with you. I was with you in Bathsheba. I was with you when you tricked your brother Esau. I was, I was with you when you deceived your father. I am with you tonight. And some of us, we need to hear those words. Perhaps we are, we are going through a family situation, medical situation, or something that is going on in this world. The Lord is telling us, with us I am with you. And this message is about the nearest and the promise of God to a messed up Jacob. In his brokenness, in his loneliness, God is reassuring Jacob that he will be with him. And God is reassuring this morning with you, with whatever situation you are going through. He's telling you, I am with you. Even you might not notice it, but I am with you. But what is the... The dream is interpreted. God, God's promises to Abraham was reaffirmed. In the verse 13, he says, And behold, the Lord stood above him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. What was the promise given to Abraham? Let, let, let's see it. The promise was land. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are lying. They promised also children. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. Blessing. All the people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Security. I am with you. Protection. I will watch over you wherever you go. Promise. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So God met Jacob at the point of his need. For every thought of failure, God spoke to him and assured him. And and Jacob had these thoughts of insecurity and thoughts of shame and betrayal. So let's see what God reaffirmed to him. Jacob had the, the, the shame and betrayal, thoughts of shame and betrayal. But God told him, there above it stood the Lord. I am the Lord of God, your father, and the God of Isaac. Jacob filled the loss of homeland, and God is telling him, I will give you your descendants the land in which you're lying. Jacob feels insignificant. And God's telling him, All the peoples of earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Jacob feels lost of family. And God reminds him again, Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. He was fear of the future. I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go. Fear of failure. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Perhaps many of us or some of us, we are experiencing one of these symptoms. Loss of homeland, insecurity, fear of the future, fear of the family, everything. But God is telling you, is giving you his promises now. So Jacob now receives the very same promise God gave to his grandfather and his father. In addition, God's promise, God promises to be with him while he's in Haram and bring him back to someday to the promised land. In every situation of life, God is already at work before I get there. So many times I tend to limit my thinking to the fact that God is with me as I go through life. He's not only with me now. He's not only with us now. He's already way up ahead of me. 
while I'm struggling with the problems of today, God is providing a solution for the things I'm going through or the things I'm going to face tomorrow. Have you heard this song? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. This is what God is telling us. I am already there. I know your future. He's already there working in situations I have yet to face. And I have a question for you this morning. Are you worried about tomorrow? Let me remind you that he's already there. How about the next week? He's already there. What about your job, relationship, sickness, family? Don't be afraid because he goes ahead of you, clearing the way, arranging the details of life so that, so that when, you, when we get there, we can have the confidence that God has already been there. And he's opening the way. He's just clearing everything up. And the Bible said in Deuteronomy 31, 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So certainly Jacob, he woke up from his sleep. And the verse 16 and 17 said, When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. Whenever the Lord answers your prayers, whenever you are in a situation that you feel like, uh, I never thought I was going to get out of here, you're going to thought just like Jacob. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. Surely the Lord was working in my life, in, in my family's uh, life, and in all my situation, in my health and everything, and I was not aware of it. Verse 17 said, he was afraid and said, how awesome in this place. This, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. What was that Jacob discovered that night? He discovered the omnipresence of God that God is everywhere and present all the time God is everywhere wherever you are there God is and wherever you go there is a, a stairs to heaven reaching down from God right where you are when the sun sets God is there when you go through afflictions problems with your job with your family when your children are sick when you are in betrayal, when your marriage is rocky, when we dream, when we have like a bad thought, when we are struggling in life, let me remind you that God is there. In the book uh, called The Hiding Place, portrays the story of Corey Ten Boom and her deliverance from the uh, Nazi prison camp. So the book speaks about how Corey and her sister hide Jews in Holland. And they were actually eventually arrested and sent to, the, uh, to a concentration camp. Corey's sisters became very sick and Corey tried to encourage her not to give up. And as they sang Christian songs and recited scriptures, the prison guards came in and beat them. In the midst of that unspeakable degradation, Corey and her sister witnesses for Jesus Christ. However, in early 1945, through a critical error, 
Corey was released from the prison camp. And a days later, all the women her age were put to death. Corey survived and served the Lord. Corey Ten Boone said, I've been going all over the world with one message. There is no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. She said that even a Nazi prison camp can become Bethel, the house of God and the gate of heaven. God is everywhere, but most of us met him in the pit holes of our lives. In the, in the verse 20 to 22, Jacob, he make a vow. He says, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I'm I'm taking and will give me food and to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household. Then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all of that you give me, I will give you a tent. Now, let's, let's open the, our Bibles in John chapter 1. Let's come to me to John chapter 1, where it said, After Philip met Jesus of Nazareth for the first time, to spoke about him, who his friend, Nathaniel, in John chapter 1, verse 46, he says, Nathaniel replied, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? And Philip said, Come and see yourself. When Verse 47 said, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, He truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Israel was the name given to Jacob. If Jacob means cheater, then Israel means a noble person who prevails with God. In essence, Jesus is saying to Nathanael, You are a true son of the man called Israel. To say it that way will remind Nathaniel of the story of Jacob. In the verse 49, then Nathaniel, Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. In verse 51, Jesus added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. What was Jesus referring to? He's referring to Genesis 28, the history of Jacob's ladder. In the New Testament, Jesus is the ladder to heaven. In Genesis 28, God was at the top and Jacob was at the bottom. But in John chapter 1, Jesus, the Son of God, is at the bottom of the ladder. What does that mean? It means that in the person of Jesus Christ, God has come down the ladder to join us on earth. Jesus Christ himself is the, the, the ladder that leads back to heaven. So if we want to get to heaven, Jesus is the ladder. In John chapter 16, 14, 14 16 says, I am the way, the true, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jacob's ladder is Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus Christ is our ladder. 
He come down from heaven to earth so we might have a way to go from the earth to heaven. Now that Jesus has come, we know that God can never be far away from us. He is with us right now. He will lead us the way to eternal life. And finally, Matthew 28, verse 20 says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So today, in the sunset experience you are going through in your life, let me ask you something. Your difficult and your, and your discouragement are part of the preparation for the greater things to come. Let me tell you that God is working in the situation that you are going through. You might feel that there is no one with you, but let me remind you that God is with you. Every sunset is an opportunity to reset. A new dawn is going to come. God will fulfill his promises. Jacob's ladders reaches all the way down to him, from heaven down to the bottom of the pit of our situation. Just let me remind you that in the situations that we are going through in life, God is reminding us that he's with us. He has been with us in the past and he will be with us. Just as, as the song we were singing, like, you made beauty from ashes. You restore, God, everything that is broken. And, and I praise the Lord for that. I praise the Lord that I have this. God has reminded me that we are just uh, one prayer away from Him. And or God's ladder, He's, you know, He the Bible says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, God. We can just pray to this amazing God that we have. So let's stand and, and as we finish this service. And uh, we're going to have uh, people here in the corner who want to be praying for you. If, if we would like us to pray for you. We're going to sing this last final song that is Amazing Grace.